Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Federal Baseball's Mr. Jackpot, also known as Patrick Reddington. I've got FB's doghouse on the line. We're coming to you after a Nationals survive a late scare, beat the Oakland A's, doghouse. I'm going through a lot of emotions here at the end. I like the fact that they brought on Coda Glover in what was a real save situation in the eighth inning, two runners on after Tanner Roark gave up a run that made it 6-4 at that point. I didn't like the fact that they brought him back out for the ninth, and I wrote that in my notes before he imploded there. Um, loads the bases up, walks in a run. They bring on Sean Kelly. He gives up a grand slam. A 6-4 game, a 11-4 game turns into an 11-10 game in no time at all. Kelly managed to get out of it there, but uh, what do you think about Duffy Baker's managering there at the end of it? Uh, do you like him bringing Coda back out for that inning? He was already warmed up, didn't throw much in the eighth, but they had him sit for a while and brought him back out, and he didn't look good when he came back out. So, guys, can you hear me? Hold on, let me see if I can fix this. Can you hear me? Oh. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I just had a, okay, sorry. Had a, I don't know what was going on. I was not muted that time. That was not my fault. <laughs> that was on. We'll uh, blame this on Blog Talk. <laughs> uh, I, I think if, if the Nats hadn't been busy padding their stats in the top of the ninth, I'd, I'd have felt a little better about uh, Coda coming out. I, I was sort of going back and forth between uh, the TV and listening to Charlie and Dave. And Charlie and Dave pointed out that at one point during the night, he actually went back to the bullpen and started throwing again to try and stay loose. Uh, so this, this is maybe a, a situation that, that he's not too, uh, not too familiar with, you know, because he, he's, he's still a pretty young guy. Uh, and he's, he's certainly got the stuff and the mindset, I, I think, to be in a high leverage situation like that, but maybe not the, uh, the experience that you might prefer just because, you know, this, this is probably a situation that he hasn't faced before. He's ahead by a lot. You know, that's great. But having come out and thrown and then sat on the bench for a long while watching people, you know, junk time to their heart's content, uh, you know, may, maybe he wasn't quite prepared for that. Fortunately, Sean Kelly, veteran, has that pro move in his pocket, induced the rally-killing grand slam, and then boom, <laughs> Get the rest of the outs and you're done. Pro all move. those pesky base. That, Get that rid of all those pesky like base runners. That's right. Close up all those holes in the infield. You are good to go. <laughs> oh, he's just setting himself up for a cheat save situation, which just <laughs> further points out how absolutely ridiculous the save is. He gets it, though. What, what do we make of Sean Kelly here? Uh, that was just a absolutely horrible up-in-the-zone slider, I think, that he threw to Matt and Joyce. That Joyce just absolutely unloaded on the line drive. No doubter there for the grand slam. Uh, Kelly, 4.20 home runs per nine so far this season. That's seven home runs and 15 innings pitched. Uh, there's some concern about him at the end of last year when he uh, – seemed to hurt his elbow slash arm wherever he hurt it, some sort of nerve thing he said that uh, went away right away. He said he would have been able to pitch if the Nats had advanced out of the NLDS, but really has not looked good this year. Uh, pitching to a 6-0 ERA, 8-3-1 FIP so far this year, 4.80 walks per nine, 4.20 home runs per nine, as I just mentioned, uh, 10.8 Ks per nine so far, but 
just getting knocked around. That was the 15th hit, 10th run he's allowed, seven home runs I mentioned, eight walks in 15 innings so far. Well, it's not like anyone in the bullpen has particularly and consistently covered themselves with glory so far this season. Uh, as, as you point out, that, that pitch that, that Kelly left up was uh, a, a hanging slider, middle, like upper third of the zone, basically about like that pitch that, uh, that, that Lynn clobbered out of the stadium uh, last night. Not great. Um, you're willing to give a guy a mistake pitch now and then, but, you know, it seems like he's had maybe more than his share of mistake pitches so far this season. And if you want to say uh, bullpen panic revisited or never really let leave the place or we always stayed there, I am not quite sure how to continue this metaphor. Um, <laughs> this is certainly some a, a pretty good argument for it. Uh, Glover struggled. That was what, like, five, six straight base runners. Kelly comes in, yeah. gets the out. He, he just gives up a gopher ball, though, in, in the middle of it. So as long as you come on with, you know, like a six-run lead, you know, your your, your bullpen is going to deliver for you. Um, that's not the most confidence-inspiring uh, capability in the world. But, you know, as, as we've said all season, it's not a capability that the Nats are probably going to need to win the NL East. Uh, this is a problem that's really going to be relevant in the postseason. And assuming the Nats get to the postseason, and right now uh, that that seems like a reasonable bet, uh, someone is either going to have to figure something out in the Nats organization, and people are being given every possible opportunity to figure things out here. And so far with only, let's say, inconsistent results at the outfiguring, uh, or, or Rizzo's going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat or dump truck full of money and prospects to, to try and come up with some other solution. I'm, I'm not putting this one on Coda Glover. I think the circumstances, like you said, were something he's probably not used to. He gets the out when they really needed it in the eighth there and then sits for a long time. You bring him back out. I, I've been impressed by what he's done as the closer so far. He's been pretty lights out since he kind of took over that role, come back from his own injury, but – he does have that hip injury, which he has to keep working on uh, throughout here. I think Tom Boswell mentioned that he might have taken that for granted a little bit and ended up with it and got back, ended up back on the DL this uh, season. But if he can maintain that, keep going out there and doing what he's doing, I, I think you can keep him in the ninth. Um, but you have to bolster his bullpen, right? Mike Rizzo might be able to avoid giving up the farm for a closer type, but they have to kind of supplement this. I know Boswell argued that as well a few hours after I wrote the same article uh, last week. I'm not saying in any way that he copied it. It's a pretty simple idea, but I think uh, you have to supplement what's going on here with the Nationals. You have to strengthen uh, what is the one glaring weakness in their lineup right now, or their roster, I should say. Well, I would argue that rotation depth might potentially be yeah. another shaky area, but certainly I think the bullpen is more pressing. And yeah. I would agree that, you know, whether you're going out and you get one good arm or maybe, you know, a couple of moderately good arms and you, you sort of try to try to string something together uh, with some aggressively matchup managed approach, which honestly, I'm not sure if, if, Dusty really has the, the managerial mindset to do something like that. Um, at, at this point, 
you know, just coming off of poor bullpen performance. So we'll, we'll I will cop to recency bias on this uh, this observation. It seems like that there there needs to be some help from outside the organization here to fix the bullpen's problems, and the the bullpen are really the major weakness here uh, on the team. I don't disagree with your assessment of the uh, rotation too. I only need four in the postseason, obviously. So the four they have right now, I would be comfortable with. Though Gio Gonzalez up and down, my assessment of him, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them kind of supplement that as well too. I do agree that the bullpen's more pressing. Uh, Tanner Roark on the mound today, uh, double and a ground out for a run in the second. Uh, 15 of 16 set down after that. Uh, a two-out walk in the third, the only exception to that, 10 straight after that walk. Uh, where are my notes going here? Jed Lowry with a leadoff single, Chris Davis with a two-run home run off the left field foul pole, ties it up at three. Uh, Mark Mulder, who's doing the A's uh, broadcast, is really uh, he actually provided some good insight on pitching throughout the series, but really wondered about throwing a, a first-pitch change up to Davis there, uh, right-hander, right-hander left it out over the plate, and Davis just absolutely crushed that one. Uh, 6-4 in the eighth, Roark gets two outs, but Matt Joyce single, Chad Pinder double, make it 6-4. That's it for Roark on the day. Uh, A solid outing by him. Uh, They wanted to get him through that eighth, clearly. Dusty Baker was kind of leaning on him to get that extra inning out of him. He went out there, I think, at 88 pitches, ended up throwing 104. Uh, A good outing by him, ran into some trouble at the end there, but was pretty in control through those middle innings. Really nice stretch there where he sat down 10 in a row, as I mentioned, 15 of 16. No, this this is the role arc that we really like to see. Uh, He's got four pitches that he commands pretty well, you know, maybe not all on the same day, but he's hitting the corners, he's moving up and down, he's getting the hitters off balance, sort of winning that, that, kind of game theoretical will he or won't he and I think that he thinks that I think that he thinks blah 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 um, he has the tools to, to be successful at that and on a night like tonight or a afternoon like tonight where uh, afternoon like this afternoon uh, time is confusing he uh, he can have have some pretty good success with that okay he gave up four runs but he got through seven and two thirds pretty efficiently uh, certainly much more so than some recent outings where it's taken him like 120 to get five or something like that. Uh, this is when everything is clicking. And this kind of illustrates the difference between what Roark can do and, uh, and the problems that, that Ross has been having recently. Because you look at a guy who's got two pitches that he doesn't command, so instead of hitting the corners with a limited variety of looks, he's putting a limited variety of looks right down the middle and getting clobbered. Whereas Roark's got, you know, four decent pitches that he can put on any edge of the zone and keep hitters off balance and, and get weak contact and record outs. Uh, I, I don't know if the solution is to, to make Ross a reliever or uh, just somehow teach him a third pitch or, or fix some other mechanical problem he might have. But the contrast, I think, between today and yesterday in terms of the starting pitching performance is is pretty stark and and pretty striking. One of these days, Austin, one of these days we'll give you your shot. 
Not now, apparently, though. Sonny Gray on the mound for the A's. Uh, five scoreless on 60 pitches. Nats got to him in the sixth, though. Weeders walk. MAT, who's also known as Michael A. Taylor, single. Two-run triple by Trey Turner. A Trey Turner triple. Try saying that. Three to one at that point. Nats up to 104 for uh, Gray, Sonny Gray after seven. Ryan Madsen came on for the A's in the eighth. A 3-3 game at that point. Uh, Turner single, stolen base, intentional walk to Harper. Why are you doing that in front of Zim A's? Zim hits a 3-1 changeup out to the left, number 16 of 2017, 6-3 at that point. Uh, that's Zim's 16th home run on the season and 213 plate appearances. Tops his total for 2016 from uh, when he hit 15 and 467 PAs. Uh, I'm not going to say Ryan. Damn it, I said it again. Ryan Zimmerman's back in a big way, though. Uh, really impressive blast there, too. Just absolutely crushed that pitch off the, off the foul slash fair pole. Uh, what do you think of Zim, and is it a foul or a fair pole? But that's the big question. Uh, I, I, let's let's just leave it at pole, shall we? Um, right. Zim, Zim certainly seems to be healthy and raking, and uh, whether it's purely attributable to – him feeling comfortable with uh, his personal level of, of fitness and, and togetherness, or uh, it's his uh, extensive working out with lasers and computers to hit the ball an eighth of an inch lower down. You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to the internet to decide. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the ride uh, and, and watch Zim look like Zim of old. I, although honestly, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, did he ever hit this well? You know, even, even when, he, he wasn't his prime, and I'm making quotes with my fingers here. This is a, a, a tremendous run he's been on in the first half of the season. You know, who, who knows if on a pace four is going to keep up and he's going to hit, you know, 50 home runs and have 130 RBIs. And that would be fantastic. I would love that for Zim to, to, to get that or, or something even close to it. But uh, much as I was taunting in my article about how everyone was stat padding and junk timing and you know that, <laughs> that meaningless double steal in front of the in front of the two run digger, uh, thank goodness that that they were. Um, I don't know if we want to get into the chicken and egg problem of it not being enough pressure for people to actually record outs in the ninth. But um, Another excellent performance. You know, I, I certainly remember all the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth in Nats fandom, you know, as, as short as two seasons ago with, oh, my God, the Nats can never score anyone, you know, on base. You know, they always strike out with runners in scoring position. Can't they even just get a ground out? Get a ground out. You know, I, I'll, I'll show you dingers 400 feet away, young man. Step off. Zim is in the house, yo. I'll just answer the chicken and the egg conundrum by quoting the great MCA, which came first, the chicken or the egg. I asked the chicken, and then I ate his leg. That, <laughs> we, 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 we talk about the junk time runs there, but they ended up being important. Matt uh, Weeders, two-run home run in the ninth there, eight to four at that point. Michael A. Taylor uh, follows the solo shot, nine to four. Ryan Zimmerman doubles. Uh, Sends Bryce Harper around the third. Daniel Murphy, his first hit of the day, drives in two runs, 11 to four at that point. Those junk time runs ended up being big for the Nats. I know you have to go, so we'll wrap it up here. 11 10 Nats. They take a two or three from Oakland, five and one so far on the road trip, but three with LA. Dusty Baker talks about how big a series is his coming up to, to the point that Bryce Harper took a three game suspension before this, so he'd be ready to play in LA. They're in there tomorrow night. 
It's going to be a late one. I'll try to get Dave back on the West Coast uh, correspondent here, but good to talk to you again, sir. And what do you say at the end of the show? Go Nats. Talk to you soon.